oh yeah, and your whole point that you didn't think that you would be successful in CRNA school had you not had kids. Oh, absolutely. Which is <laughs> super interesting and remarkable. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Because uh, having... so many people are like, I mean, I've literally have heard people like, oh, well, I've got young kids. I can't do that. Oh, no. I think the the opposite. You'll never be more um, on top of things and organized in your entire life as when you have small children because they demand that of you. Yeah. So that, folks, is Kay Balzano. And I'm so excited for you to meet her. I'm John Lawrence, and this is Anesthesia Guidebook. All right, y'all, this is episode 60, and you're about to hear from Kate Balzano and how she paid off over $100,000 in student loan debt in just over a year. There's three reasons I wanted to bring you Kate's story. The first is that Kate is an all-around amazing human being. I have the privilege of working with her on a regular basis, and I get to see her passion for anesthesia, the balance that she brings to her life, and also her interest in training CRNAs as an excellent clinical preceptor. The second is that Kate and her husband paid off close to $140,000 in student loans in just about a year after she passed boards as a CRNA. She's going to unpack the why and how behind that decision in this podcast. And the last is that she is a rare human being and that she wholeheartedly believes that anesthesia training was actually easier having two young children than what she imagines it would have been prior to having kids. You heard that right. Kate thought it was easier to do anesthesia school as a mother with kids than without them. She'll explain why during the show. If you've been following the Anesthesia Guidebook, you know that I started a podcast called From the Head of the Bed back in 2015, and I've been pulling some of those episodes over to Anesthesia Guidebook before phasing out the old show. This is one of my favorite conversations, and Kate and I released this back on From the Head of the Bed in October of 2019. Bringing this forward to Anesthesia Guidebook here at the end of December 2021 is super special because just last week, I made my final payment on my own student loans. While I was nowhere close to Kate's one-year payoff timeline, I can't tell you how good it feels to pay back all $197,000 of my student loans in six years and six months. That's an average of $2,700 a month for six and a half years. And I'm stoked to be done with those loans. When I got out of anesthesia school, I had 17 different student loans and opted to consolidate all those bad boys down to one behemoth monster. Doing that brought my overall interest rate way down and just made my repayment plan more manageable. I only had to make one payment. I also signed on with a group who happened to have a rolling student loan repayment program that didn't phase out after a three-year sign-on bonus or a specific amount was reached like many anesthesia groups do. It has not, I'm telling you, it has not sunk in yet that I'm done paying off almost $200,000 in student loans. I'm 38 years old and I've been in debt with student loans for 20 years, over half of my lifetime. While my payoff of six and a half years after graduation can certainly be classified as aggressive, Kate's is absolutely otherworldly. Another colleague that we work with had over $200,000 in student loans and got hers paid off in right around four years. That's super aggressive. And I saw her put in the hard work of delayed gratification and working epic amounts of overtime for all of those four years. And now she's living easy. Well, I'm going to talk more about finances and why you shouldn't do anesthesia for the money 
in the future on the podcast, I want to just say right here that Kate's story and my story and that of so many other CRNAs who pay their loans off quickly and move forward towards their financial goals are testament that you can do this too. As Kate says in the show, where there's a will, there's a way. Anesthesia school can seem daunting, especially now that it's shifting to a doctoral degree for entry to practice for CRNAs. It's longer and it's more expensive than ever, but it's worth it. It's totally worth the financial hardship you'll endure up front. You'll be able to handle your student loans in stride and have more than enough to be well and happy. And again, more on that in a future show. And with that, let's get to this show. Kate currently practices anesthesia as a CRNA in the Department of Anesthesiology and Perioperative Medicine at Maine Medical Center. Prior to nursing, Kate was an organic chemist with research and management experience in both industrial as well as pharmaceutical research labs. Kate has earned a Master's of Science in Nursing Anesthesia from the University of New England, a Bachelor's of Science in Nursing from the University of Massachusetts, and an American Chemical Society Certified Bachelor's of Science in Chemistry with a minor in biology from Northeastern University. Stay tuned to the end of my conversation with Kate, where I'm going to tell you about a couple of other podcasts that will help you think about ways to manage and pay off student loan debt. All right, with that, let's get to the show. Kate, I'm so stoked to chat with you today. I'm very excited to share your story and kind of talk about what it means to be a CRNA and how to approach the financial element of school debt after CRNA school with you. I think you've got an incredible story and I'm stoked to bring it to people. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell folks a little bit about who you are, where you're coming from, family situation, you're a mom of two, you were a Mm -hmm. chemist in a previous life. Like, Give people like the 10,000 foot view of Kate Bolzano. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I did start off, uh, my undergraduate career as a, a chemist and my, my, the start of my career was as a chemist. Um, when my husband and I decided that we wanted to start a family, the hours that I was working weren't great for, for having kids. Uh, it was kind of a, a job that you could stay there all the time and never finish working. And it was, um, it was not ideal. Uh, we were in the Boston area as well. I had uh, decided that I wanted to go back to school for something different. Both of my parents are nurses, so I entertained the idea of going back for nursing school, chatted a lot with both of them about different options that nursing has. Um, my mom actually was the one that had mentioned anesthesia school uh, as a possible avenue for after you finish your undergrad in nursing and get some experience. Uh, sounded great. So that was, I was, I was it didn't take much. I was sold uh, when I heard about the job. So I started back at nursing school, worked during my pregnancy, had my daughter, stopped working, and then went to school at night. So I was able to stay home during the day with my daughter and then go to nursing school in the evenings. Wow. And so you finished up nursing. What what was it about being a, a chemist that motivated you to look to do something else? It, there was a lot of travel associated with my job, yeah. um, so it was time away. The time that I was in my office, it was great. I mean, you know, it was a regular nine-to-five job, but it, there definitely was a, a, a travel component with it. Yeah. Um, it, what kind of chemist work were you doing? I had kind of done a bunch of different work. I had worked at a startup. I'd worked in some like college research lab, uh, university research labs. And uh, most recently, I was at a very small pharmaceutical company that primarily focused on generic compounding. So, wow. Yeah. And, and so the travel element of that to you 
was what motivated you to find different work? Yeah, when I was at the startup, it was pretty pretty intense travel schedule, or it could be a pretty intense yeah. travel schedule. It, that didn't so much um, translate over into the pharmaceutical company. That was pretty much a nine to five. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the appeal for nursing was definitely that it was a much more flexible schedule. Yeah, um, even yeah. with twelve hour shifts, you could still structure your. And, so, and so you knew that you were you knew that you wanted to start a family. Mm-hmm. And make this career change. Oh, we'd already start. I we I was pregnant with my daughter, and we were kind of like figuring out how daycare was going to work, and um, you know, infant care, all right. that. And it was it was definitely nothing was sounding all that great. Uh, so yeah, the option of going back and just kind of starting over sounded much more appealing. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so you're in you're you have your daughter mm-hmm. and you're still, you're, you're home with her during the day. And then you're taking night classes to finish nursing school. To start and finish. Yeah. There was a, a great community college that offered evening classes. So yeah. I was able to do everything from, I think it was classes started around like five thirty, six o'clock at night. And you do clinical until 10 30, 11 certain days of the week after your classes were done around nine. So yeah. 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 So you got out of nursing school, mm-hmm. you got one daughter, Yes. And, but I know you have two daughters. I do. When did she come? She was three and a half years later. So I was working as a nurse at night in Maine. We were in the process of kind of moving up to Maine from Boston. So I'd take my older daughter with me. We'd come up, we'd hang out at my mom's house. I'd go to work. She'd stay with my mom and then she'd go to daycare actually in Maine uh, while I took a nap during the day, did that part-time, did that for a while. And then we were finally able to relocate up here. Yeah. Because I knew I wanted to go for anesthesia school at um, University of New England. Yeah. Now, did you know you wanted to become a CRNA when you went to nursing school? Oh, absolutely. That yeah. was the plan. That was the plan. So this was the path. This was the path. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and how long did you work as a nurse before you went to anesthesia school? Probably about four years, five years, I yeah. think, uh, okay. all total. Because I started off in the float pool yeah. and then um, had to do that for a few years before I could be considered for an ICU job yeah. and then you got to work a couple of years in the ICU. Yeah. Apply. So you definitely put your time in. Oh yeah, for sure. Knowing that this is what you wanted to become. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it was definitely time well spent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You said something really interesting to me at one point where you said you didn't think that you would have been ready for anesthesia school had you not had children. Yes. Which kind of blows (laughs) my mind because I think most people would say exactly the opposite. I mean, I've heard nurses say there's no way I could go to anesthesia school because I've got two young kids, three young kids, a young daughter. I'm, I want to have a family. It's just not going to work for a while. But you you think about that completely differently. Talk to me about that. I do think about it completely differently. I look at um, how I was when I was in anesthesia school versus how I was in school You know, for my undergrad degree as a chemist or they're, they're night and day. Like It is just night and day. I had so little time uh, to, to spend on things that I had to be very well organized for how I was going to allocate study time, how I was going to allocate time for my kids, how, you know, your everyday household stuff was going to get done. Um, so I felt like having them and being responsible for them, obviously with a lot of help from my husband, but uh, yeah, having them definitely helped keep me on track and make me be more organized. Because if I had a spare half hour, you know, younger days prior to kids, I probably would have squandered that spare half hour. That's it's super interesting that you think having little kids helped you focus in the anesthesia school. They, I mean, it makes yeah. sense in some ways. Yeah. Like, 
you have to be super organized to mm-hmm. get everything done. Yes. Well, and I think that there was also, I had that, you know, that, that, that mom fear of not spending enough time with them. So I yeah. was always so hyper-organized with my schoolwork. I felt like if I could get things done, oh, I could spend an extra amount of time with my kids or we could yeah. do something fun instead of, you know, me having to do schoolwork. So Now, you also talked about there being a conversation with your work colleagues about timing of when to go back to anesthesia school. Mm-hmm. And so that you, at one point you thought maybe going back to anesthesia school when your kids were a little bit older would have been better, mm-hmm. but you chose not to do that. So tell me about that. I did. Uh, my work colleagues actually very much, uh, it was like one of those light bulb moments that people talk about because it was part of that conversation. Uh, my plan had been, you know, when my kids were in maybe, you know, middle school or definitely grade school, high school possibly, but they kind of gave me a different perspective. They definitely shed a light on the fact that when your kids are little, you're going to be missing things for sure. And it's going to, you know, be terrible, but you know, you would be missing things that would be important to your kids as they're older, like soccer games or their activities that they're going to want you to be present for. So yeah. now that I'm on the other end of things, I don't miss soccer games. I'm able to take them to practices or yeah, yeah, be yeah. more yeah. Um, present right. than I'd want to be right. and when they're going to remember it. And just to give people kind of a perspective, how long have you been out of CRNA school at this point? Oh, only about two years. And how old are your kids now? I have one 11 year old daughter and one seven year old daughter. Okay, cool. So they're still pretty young. They're very young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is nice because we'll have more time. I'll have more time to enjoy them as they're growing up. Which was part of the point, right? Yes, like that's exactly. why you timed anesthesia school when you mm-hmm. did, which yeah. I think, again, it's just so interesting because I feel like people put off anesthesia school until some other time, you know, because they have little kids. But again, you chose to go because they were little. Yeah. And you felt like, having little kids made you more successful. Absolutely. And also um, one of the pieces of advice that was given to me that stuck was uh, that the time was going to pass. So if this was what I wanted to do, then I might as well pass my time doing it instead of waiting for the right time or waiting for, because there's always going to be. That's a great point. Something that pops up. There's, I mean, and to be honest, uh, for anyone listening, there is never a good time to go to anesthesia school. I will second that. There's never a good time to go to nursing school. Yeah. There's never a good time to work in the float pool or to wait around. I was talking to an OR nurse today who's desperately trying to get into the ICU and there's no mm-hmm. positions open. She's just kind of hanging out waiting. Yep. There's never a good time for any of that. But if you just go ahead and get on with it, at some point you'll wake up and you'll realize that you're a CRNA and you've met some pretty substantial life goals. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is awesome. One of the things, one of the big things I wanted to chat with you about was this remarkable story of how you and your family attacked your student loan debt mm-hmm. coming out of school. So kind of set the stage for us in that. Did you enter nursing and anesthesia school with a degree of student loan debt? And then you paid off a substantial amount within a year or, or a little bit longer than a year mm-hmm. um, coming out of anesthesia school. Yeah. So, Give us the rundown on that. What, what, what's your story? What happened? Sure. The rundown on that was I had some student loan debt still from my undergraduate degree, the chemistry degree. That carried over through nursing school. That was deferred. I had some um, debt from that as well. And then I had anesthesia school debt on top of it. So all total, um, it was around $140,000 worth of, of debt. Um And my husband's an accountant, and he's very, very organized with money as well. So when we were looking into options, uh, because this was something that I'd 
I'd, I'd said that I wanted to do. We kind of did a, a test of feasibility financially. Yeah. Um, came up with how much everything would cost and, you know, looking at what you could expect to earn when you're done and then how yeah. fast could we pay everything off? Because we do have those two kids and we need to save right. for them to go to college as well. So it was just a matter of coming up with livable budget for while we were on one income, yeah. uh, making sure that our expenditures other than tuition didn't exceed what was coming in on the one income. Right. And then after I finished, it was just a matter of just maintaining that lifestyle until we were able to pay everything off. So you took $140,000 of student loan debt and mm-hmm. you paid that off in how long? Um, probably 12, 14, 15 months total. 15 months. Yep. With taking a little break so that we could have a little family fun <laughs> after finishing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you weren't, yeah, you weren't completely on the rice and no. beans plan. Like you did no. have some fun coming out of Absolutely. school. But I, I just, I don't <laughs> want hi- to misrepresent that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to highlight that. I mean, I think that that's remarkable. I think that you know, having a CRNA career does put you in a position where you can pay off debt aggressively. Mm-hmm. But I think very few people pay off debt that aggressively. And so what motivated you to do that? Why continue to live on just one income, your husband's income, after you become a CRNA and pay the debt off that fast? Uh, again, it was, it's, my kids are such a motivating factor for, for both of us. Uh, my husband and I were kind of like looking at the the plan ahead for us as a family and for them, should they decide to go to college? Um, and then for our retirement as well, because, um, you know, it's the yin and yang of things. So for all those time, all that time that I was in school, we weren't contributing appropriately to retirement, but we knew we could make it up on the back end. Yeah. So it was very motivating to be more aggressive with paying off debt because we'd let other things kind of lax and we knew that we had to pick up the pace on college savings for our kids and retirement savings for ourselves. So it was looking at the future that was pretty motivating for us. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Do you feel like your lifestyle has changed substantially since you've gone on two incomes? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, it's much more relaxed. I mean, we're able to look at, um, instead of just trips, my husband's from, um, Toronto, Canada. So mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, trips to go see family or maybe just a weekend trip now, we're looking at, you know, oh, let's take that family vacation for a week or, you know, home improvements or something that would have been totally put on the back burner or not even really been able to consider because it just wasn't in the budget. Yeah. You said something really simple that I think is a hallmark theme of financial management, which is spend less than you make, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Like when you were in anesthesia school talking about making sure your expenditures didn't exceed the money coming in. Yeah. I'm sure you made a good income as a chemist. Then you go to nursing school. You're probably making a good income as a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. When you're Flexing back down to one income, what kinds of things, and you have two small kids. Yeah. I mean, where did you feel the pinch the most? What kinds of things did you have to cut? I'm sure that was an uncomfortable time frame for a little bit. Um, it was surprisingly more comfortable than I thought it would be. Um, we cut out a lot of the things that you just – Oh, I don't feel like cooking. Let's order in, or yeah. oh, let's let's go out for dinner, and yeah. you know, just we had to more specifically plan our extracurricular time and how we would spend our, our money in that way. Yeah. Um, but as far as like our kids went, um, we didn't really need to cut much back for them because they were so 
little, um, you know, there's just not much that they Yeah, they don't know. Need, I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't know they're in one onesie for like three years straight. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. That would be <laughs> no. that would be my plan <laughs> if I were had kids. Like five gray onesies. That's it. Yeah. Maybe seven. One one for each day. I was gonna week. say you might want to up that number. Maybe but... <laughs> maybe like five per day. No, I don't know. <laughs> Depends on how much you have to want to do laundry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little things that are your daily creature comforts that you should not cut out. Um, because I was kind of going whole hog with everything like um you know, oh my God, I can't get that Starbucks latte because it's $4. But, you know, every now and then, if that's what's going to make you happy, do that. That way that the bigger things just don't feel so, you don't feel so deprived. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's mean, a good point. Yeah. Maybe not every day or twice a day on the Starbucks latte, but don't completely cut out the things that make you happy um, that are of the small scale. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's interesting what you're saying about where to cut back. And, and it does make sense in some ways. I think when your kids are really little, like their expenses are a little bit less than when they're like in, you know, summer camp and music school or like whatever. That's very interesting. And I think that, you know, making the sacrifice for, I'm so impressed by that, that you and your husband really put a lot of emphasis on what do we want our life to look like someday? Mm -hmm. And then how do we back up and then take the steps to get there and be successful with that. Are you stoked about where you've come? Oh, absolutely. I have no regrets of making this choice and plan and executing the plan. You're not going back to being a chemist? No, no time soon. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say to ICU nurses or uh, chemists somehow that that come across (laughs) your pocket or OR nurses or other people who are thinking about anesthesia school, but think that maybe it's out of reach for them, whether they don't have the time or if they're intimidated by the academics or they've got kids or whatever, what would be your encouragement to them? It's definitely doable where there's a will for these kinds of things. There's always a way. It's definitely sacrifices and planning, but it's very worth it. The upside at the end is phenomenal. And the downside on your road there is nothing in comparison to where you'll end up at the, the end of your, your road. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel like that. I feel like so often people are super intimidated by the cost of school or the amount of time it takes, the Mm -hmm. effort that that you uh, have to put into it. Yeah. As a, as a mentor of mine told me, I think when I was, I think I was still working as an outdoor guide he was like, man, if you can take it on the chin for four or five years or longer, if you need to, and, you know, prereqs to nursing school, nursing school, ICU experience, anesthesia school, if you can work, it took me about probably nine years, I think, from when I was like, I'm going to do this yeah, to when I got done with anesthesia yep. school. So it felt like this super long circuitous route to like where I wanted to be, but it's super worth it. You know, it I, really I, I can't, I don't know how to explain it, but like the job is super fun. The people you work with are super cool. The financial reward is uh, super rewarding. I think it's even, it's very interesting, I think, to come or to move through phases like you and your family did or where I came from is, you know, not a wealthy family. And then also like my first foray into professional work did not generate a lot of income for me. Uh, So to have that kind of benchmark in terms of what's comfortable in your life and then to move into the income that a CRNA provides it's a big change mm-hmm. and it helps you meet goals in an incredible way. I mean, if you, you guys went through a period of significant delayed gratification to 
get through school, to put things off, and then to pay off your loans in a really quick way. Yeah. And now you're in a different position. Absolutely. And, and I imagine that's got to feel good. It feels fantastic. And it's not to say that there's not fun to be had along the way. Um, I think that, you know, making the plans for what you're going to do in the end when you're in that better position it can also be... It can also be fairly gratifying as well. Edit that out too. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want it to sound so terrible. Like I'm making it sound terrible. Like it was like the delayed gratification part. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think it can be terrible. I mean, it can be like kind of a bummer. I mean, it wasn't that bad. But well, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like it's not like it's not that bad. Yeah. But I don't want to be discouraging. I guess. Like. But I think you have to be real too. Yeah, I, for sure. I think one of the things that people are really concerned about is taking on the debt load of anesthesia school. Oh, if they're, that's their, the main concern is the debt load. I think that the, the nicest thing about our profession is that even if you're in a position where you require the maximum amount of loans, our job is one that will allow that to be paid back in a reasonable amount of time. You're not going to be you know, going to the grave with hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. worth of debt. Um, and you can still live a, a very comfortable lifestyle while you're paying your debt off. Um, our exit interview at University of New England was fantastic. Um, you know, when you're required to go in and meet with the uh, financial folks and they show you how much you owe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're supposed to sign off on it and it feels terrible at the time. I, I think it's nice that you got one of those. I think For us, they the, were like, good <laughs> luck. <laughs> I think it's one of the new requirements yeah. that the, the federal government has now for um, institutions that oh, accept federal yeah. money. Okay, good. Um, well, good. That way nobody can leave saying, oh, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I had no much. idea that yeah. college is going to cost me so much. Oh, my goodness. But uh, the, the gentleman who came to speak with us, he said, you know, of all the talks that I have to give uh, for all the graduating classes, you guys are, are, are probably the ones I feel the least bad for. <laughs> the nursing anesthesia yes, program. absolutely. Because as they were going into a great career, um, you know, our Jobs are in demand. We're in demand right. to fill positions at, at this point in time, and we're well compensated for our work. So the um, ability to pay our student loans back yeah. is it's quite reasonable. Yeah, I would I would say I would completely agree with you. I think so often I hear people get really concerned about student loans. It is tricky to think about you know do you have enough money, loans or otherwise, to cover living expenses you know, servicing your debt if it's not deferred while you're in school mm -hmm. um, and then getting through tuition. I mean, it, it's something to think about and to plan for to make sure that you're actually going to be successful. You don't want to get two years into an anesthesia program and then realize you can't make it and yeah. be in a desperate position. But in terms of if you have access to taking out loans or whatever, uh, yeah, it's worth it. You're going to be able to pay it off. Like it's not, it shouldn't be a question. Um, oh, I feel no. like, yeah, it's a definite, you'll be able to pay it back. Yeah. 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 Uh, and if you're like, Kate, maybe you can pay it off in a year. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Kate and her husband. <laughs> Kate and her husband, yeah. which is a great point. I think he needs credit for that. One. I mean, I yeah. think that's a really fair point. And that's, and that's, that's an important thing to say. Uh, I think for folks to remember is that this was a, a family plan that you it all was. put together. And it was a total, total team effort. It's a team. It's a team yeah. effort. Yep. And like you, it's really difficult to do those kinds of things without a super supportive spouse. Mm -hmm. 
How was it at one point you told me that your husband really encouraged you to pursue different work. And then it sounds like he was generally an amazing human being, like super supportive of you through the whole program and stuff. Absolutely. I, I feel like so often we hear that spouses of anesthesia students struggle because they just don't, they don't understand the yeah. total commitment and the challenge and the complete absorption into school that SRNAs experience. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? I mean, what did, was that tough for your husband or was this always just like, nope, this is the plan. We're doing this as a family. We oh, no, I'm it. sure it was difficult. It, um, diff it, it absolutely was difficult. I can say that one. Yes, without a doubt, it was difficult. But yes, he um, was always very, very encouraging. But both of us had a, a eye on the prize kind of a mindset yeah. where this is temporary. Um, you know, whatever's going on now, it it it's temporary and it will pass. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's all for the goal, the, the ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you'd want to say to SRNAs out there or people thinking about going to anesthesia school in terms of encouragement, whether it's if they're young parents or if they're married to somebody, maybe they don't have kids or if they're just worried about the financial aspect of it or any other tips that you'd share with folks? Uh, I think the thing that made it, I guess, uh, uh, most the whole undertaking most palatable for me was planning it, actually digging into the numbers and coming up with a plan and proving to myself that it was reasonable and that it is doable. Definitely look into schools, look into options. You can find all their um, financial information on their website or even contact the school. Yeah. And um, there's somebody to talk to in financial aid or even within the nurse anesthesia department, ask about, um, you know, how much people typically take out in student loans uh, and then definitely dig into it, like back into the numbers and yeah. and prove to yourself that it's actually doable. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it will become less intimidating because yeah. uh, the knowledge of, of what you're getting into will be with you and you'll be able to right, figure right. it out that way. Any tips for young parents out there or parents of young kids while you're in school? Tips for parents and young kids. Um, it's definitely difficult. I would say that it has definitely been harder or it was harder on, on me than it was on my, my kids. Uh, it might've seemed like things were oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, because no parent wants to say, no, I can't do that right now. Or no, I, I, I can't make it to your, you know, soccer practice or, you know, yeah. but it's, I think a little bit harder on, it was harder on me as the parent. They don't remember now. Like, I mean, I'll ask my younger daughter, like, oh, isn't this so much better than when mom was in school? And she'd be like, I don't remember you. When were you in school? You nice. Know? So, yeah. like, oh, all right, good. So yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and it's got to be nice for you now. I mean, yes. you've got a new career. You've got a new work-life balance. Mm -hmm. You've got a new income level for your family. The payoff's got to feel great. It feels amazingly great. Um, and I, I could not be happier. <laughs> yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking time to share your story. I appreciate you being open about where you came from in terms of your family and of course sharing your debt level. I know that's a personal piece of information, but I think it's very inspiring to hear from a mother who hadn't had a different successful career say, this is a change that I want to make. And to see you and your husband make that plan and to plan for your family because it put you in a position where you wanted to go. And then to so aggressively pay off your student loan debt, I think is super inspiring to folks to continue to live as if you were in anesthesia school after you're out 
And, and I don't think we even talked about this, but you said that you worked full time, plus you picked up some shifts. Like you, you kind of put the accelerator forward that first year out of anesthesia school to get that debt paid off before you maybe relaxed back into full-time work. Yes, absolutely. But again, you know, it was um, the the ultimate eye on the prize mentality, I think, that kind of drove it home. And it, it, it was a temporary discomfort for the the remainder of uh, that. your life. <laughs> <laughs> a temporary discomfort for where you're heading to, to be able to meet your goals. Yeah, you know? without it's a doubt. A, it's delayed gratification. Yes. Uh which is which is reasonable. It's that's going to be typical if you're if you're picking out a goal that's big enough. There's likely going to be some delay gratification involved, and obviously hard work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so good, folks. I hope Kate's story serves as a source of inspiration for you that getting through school is doable and worth it that you can hack away at your student loan debt and emerge on the other side in a much better place. Now, here's a couple of other podcasts that you should go check out if you want to think more about paying off student loan debt. Anna Sale produces the podcast Death, Sex, and Money with WNYC Public Radio. It's wildly popular. Check out her revamp series on student loan debt that just came out in the last couple of weeks. She revisits interviews and stories on student loan debt from 2017 and has some fresh perspectives to share with you as well. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll also link to Jeremy Stanley's podcast, Beyond the Mask. Jeremy is a certified financial planner who runs a financial planning company for CRNAs, cleverly called CRNA Financial Planning. He was featured in episode 18 of From the Head of the Bed and went on to create an anesthesia-related podcast that he co-hosts with CRNA Sharon Pierce. They have several episodes on financial planning that are worth checking out. And with that, I'll see you next time. Hey y'all, John here. If you're digging the show, will you take a couple of minutes and drop a review of Anesthesia Guidebook on Apple Podcasts? Your comments and ratings help other people trust the show. Also, send a link to the podcast to your classmates and colleagues. Word of mouth is the best way for Guidebook to grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.